0: And it's Encounter with God section here on Faith FM, which means that we're about to get stuck into our Bible study. Super <laughs> excited to finish out the story of Paul and Agrippa. All right. Where are we up to? Okay, so a couple of text messages <laughs> come through. That's what I knew there was something we had to do before, um, before the Bible study part uh, happened. So we have a listener whose text is in in relationship to the story about evolution. And we were talking about dinosaurs. And this also connects to the story that we had about good health and bodybuilders who are vegans. And so we had the, the example of one uh, vegan bodybuilder that uh, Kent Kingston was sharing. And so this this uh, listener just wanted to text in and point out that all the biggest animals are vegetarian. That's true. So the elephant, the giraffe, the rhino, the gorilla six times stronger than any human being etc 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 and they are all in fact the most dangerous animals other than the mosquito are <laughs> all the most dangerous big animals are all vegetarian because the 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 cape buffalo is the most dangerous animal there is and he's vegetarian
1: Is the hippopotamus a vegetarian? I believe Cause so. he's also a, He's like
0: super dangerous as well.
1: Yeah, he kills more in Africa than lions.
0: Yeah. Or she. Yep. Yeah. So you don't need to worry about the carnivorous creatures. You need to worry about the vegetarian ones. They're the ones that will do you in.
1: Oh, that's a funny story. We were in Africa really quick and we were seeing my brother and we were living in this little house that had no windows, no doors, and anything like that. And hippopotamus, you could hear them munching outside our house. And you go outside and there was massive hippo prints all over around.
0: (laughs) Did you have an outside toilet?
1: I just held it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the reason I ask this question is because I've been to Africa and I've seen outside toilets, but I've never had to use one where there was hippos walking around. Um, have been to, I guess, last time I was in Africa, I got to within probably three meters of a hippo. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we are in a boat about three meters from one. Yeah. I thought that was not a good idea.
0: No, I was. I thought it was a great idea because <clears throat> I kind of figured that the boat was big enough to handle it. But anyway, um, all good. All right, so let's uh, continue on here. This is another text message coming through from a listener who wants to speak about the story that we had in the more serious news section about assisted suicide mm. and the possible legalization of assisted suicide for people who are mentally ill or struggling from you know emotional problems rather than people who are terminally ill
1: yeah that's a very important he
0: says this he says from my personal experience when you're suicidal you cannot process thoughts normally Mm. my last suicidal attempt was in 2007 and so grateful to god for saving me Mm. god now uses me to bring happiness to others powerful testimony there and this is one of the reasons this 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 testimony here highlights the reason why this legislation is so bad
1: and it also leads exactly into our bible study today too
0: it does lead into our bible study today all right let me just see if i've got any other ones coming through here Uh, let me just see here. Nope. That one's not for, that one's not for Faith FM. That's for me. All right. Okay. Okay. Let me see. What do we, okay. Our Bible study. What is our Bible study? You say this one leads into our Bible study.
1: Well, yeah. That man's testimony, the bravery for him to text in and say, I struggle. I, I committed suicide. I attempted to try to commit suicide. Praise God. It didn't, it didn't work. But that, you know, I personally have not attempted suicide. And so he is going to connect with people that I could never connect with. I cannot sit down with somebody and say, I know what it's like to be on the brink of wanting to kill myself compared to somebody like that to say, hey, look, I've been there. I fought it. Let's fight it together. That is like the power of a personal testimony, which is what God is asking us to have is our own personal testimony.
0: And it's not like as if this person has been struggling in the last week or so. This was something that they struggled with. Multiple attempts, you know, are implied in the text message back, you know, um, in two thousand and seven, and they haven't been back there since two thousand and seven. They haven't gone back to those thoughts and those um, attempts since two thousand and seven, and that shows that the power of God to transform somebody's life is real, mm. and that if you are thinking dark thoughts, sad things today. And you want to end your life, you know, here's somebody who has um, had just an incredibly blessed and productive life and is praising God um, since 2007.
1: And I also think his um, testimony is really prevalent right now because we're having um, a rise in suicides because of COVID-19 and the fear factor and the economic failure is real to people and they just don't see the hope. And so this man by him choosing to text in is an incredibly powerful, encouraging word to somebody right now that may be thinking it's just too hard.
0: If, uh, if you've got a testimony that you would like to share, 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call or you can text us on 0491. Zero six four six six nine. We would love to share your testimony here on Faith FM, and that way you also can be a blessing to others. We do know that there are many people who listen to our radio station who struggle with these kinds of things. And of course, if you are struggling with uh, dark thoughts yourself today, then just give us a call. Just have a chat with somebody, please. Um, and of course, you know we're not available all the time, twenty four seven, like. Um, some organizations so give lifeline a call you know there are there are people there 24 7 who are there to help you and to help you realize that you can experience what this particular individual has experienced and uh and and be able to receive you know a similar blessing of just you know years and years and years and years and years years of being a blessing to other people
1: definitely you know stories have been a part of our way of life since the beginning of time that was how traditions were passed on as orally talked and you know, grandparents told the stories and that's how life came to be with stories. And um, the day that we live in now, we do stories via the television. But there's nothing like sitting down with somebody and just learning their story um, and being able to listen to their story and, and share in their story. It becomes part of your story.
0: Yes, it does. And this is what we see happening in our lesson yep. here today, where Paul and we're in Acts chapter 26, for those of you who... Uh, may have missed part of the Bible study yesterday. Acts chapter twenty-six, and here we have Paul standing before Agrippa. Now Agrippa is a Roman. He is a convert to Judaism, so he understands Judaism very well. Um, Paul is witnessing to Agrippa about the resurrection, and he, and he begins by saying, "You know, why would it why would it be strange for me to believe in the resurrection? Why would it be strange for me to preach the resurrection? Wouldn't it actually be hypocritical not to believe in the resurrection?" Uh, because I'm a Pharisee, you know, I was I was raised as a Pharisee, and that's the foundational doctrine of the Pharisees. They believe in the resurrection, unlike the Sadducees. That was the big thing that they used to fight over. But then he goes on to share his testimony. He's like, "Well, why do I believe in the resurrection? I believe in the resurrection because I've met Jesus Christ Himself personally," and he shares that experience. And he doesn't have. We talked about this yesterday. He doesn't have, you know, the same level of experience of you know Peter, James, John, the other disciples, the other twelve disciples, because they spent you know an entire ministry with Jesus, whereas Paul met Jesus for all of about thirty seconds. Now we did have somebody else who texted in after the show yesterday to point out that you know Paul did go out into the desert and did um, spend three years there studying in the desert. Um, and, you know, received obviously further instruction from Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And so he did have, you know, obviously significant instruction and study and so forth, um, more than just this 30 seconds, but his face to face experience with Jesus, you know, was just a very short moment in time and it completely transformed his life and he's not scared to talk about it. No. You know, he, he's, he's proud to stand up and say, Yeah, I had, I had 30 seconds with Jesus, and it, it changed my life. Whereas, you know, uh, Peter, James, John, the other disciples like, Yeah, we had a whole ministry with Jesus.
1: Well, you know, everyone was very comfortable talking about this um, resurrection doctrine in the future. But when it came to the present, all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, I, I, I believe in this, but, but in the future, not now.
0: How would you feel... If you had somebody who was close to you who died, and uh, you heard about it, and you heard that somebody prayed over them, and they came back to life again.
1: I would be flabbergasted.
0: Yeah, I think we would. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. I mean, the reality is, is the power of God to raise the dead any less available today than it was when, say, Eutychus or Tabitha were raised from the dead?
1: Yeah, you know, you struggle with that. You struggle with that big time when, you know, my, my best friend died of cancer when I was 18. And we prayed like crazy, you know, that God would heal her. And then when she passed, I didn't even think about praying that God would resurrect her. You know, like, yeah, do I believe God has the power? But have I ever personally asked for God to resurrect somebody? No, I definitely have not.
0: Mm. mm. And it's one of those things that you know you sort of you hear about it every now and then, and you think, yeah, really? You know, I don't know, sure. You know, do, do I really believe? It? You know, and I think we're a, we're kind of in the same situation as there were back then. We have no problem preaching about the resurrection at the second coming of Jesus, but believing it right now. Yeah. You'd be
1: skeptical. Were they really dead? Yeah. Or like, you know, when you're asked to pray as a pastor, I'm sure you've been asked many times to go into the hospital room and pray for them. Do we pray boldly that God will heal them right there on the spot? Or constantly being like, oh, you know, Lord, it's your will, whatever, you know, we're like using that as our our buffer or are we, when do we know how to just boldly ask in faith?
0: Friend of my father's was a missionary in Papua New Guinea uh, for quite a number of years and one time in a very, very remote village on a ridge top, um, they could hear across the valley on the other side, they could hear um, a, a lot of commotion. And they didn't sort of know what was happening, uh, but they did get the message that was passed across the valley, eventually they found out that a young child had died you know, overnight. And so the next day they left that village, it took them all day to go down to the bottom of the valley and up the other side, because that's kind of how it is traveling in Papua New Guinea. And when they got there, you know, the, uh, the child was dead. And so the missionary is like, well, you know, this is what you do. You, uh, you comfort the mother and bury the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get a funeral service organized. But he was traveling with um, one of the local pastors. The local pastor took the child in his hand and said, Lord, you gave this child life um, and it's now died and you can give it life again. We ask that you give this child life again. Wow. And it came back to life again. Wow. You know, and and he was just illustrating. You know, as a Westerner, he would never have ever had that level of faith. Wow. I mean, the other thing that I think we need to bear in mind is that you know, what are there eight resurrections in the Bible? So over a space of you know fourteen, fifteen hundred years, you've got eight resurrections. Not something that God is doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when God does do so, He does do so for uh, very specific reasons. But the simple reality is that. The power of God to resurrect the dead hasn't changed. Anyway, I'm sidetracked. I don't know how I got stuck on this sidetrack.
1: Well, it's an awesome testimony. So then that can lead into the power of personal testimony. That child will have a testimony like none other.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so we've got this story here, Acts chapter 26. um, And, you know, starting in... Oh, where does he start? He starts like back in verse 9, somewhere thereabouts. And he shares his story and he shares his experience with jesus christ where did we get up to yesterday
1: verse 23 um, when he's finishing talking about the job of his to reach out to the gentiles okay to give them a um, the hope of forgiveness and inheritance
0: all right let's go to verse 24
1: now as he thus made his defense festus said with a loud voice paul you are beside yourself much learning is driving you mad but he said i'm not mad most noble festus but speak the words of truth and reason for the king before whom i also speak freely knows these things for i'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention since this thing was not done in a corner king agrippa do you believe the prophets i know that you do believe
0: okay let's let's, let's, let's we, we just, just hold back from the from the from the next bit um, talking about paul's testimony right here we've got a, somebody texting through who says that the demoniacs only had one conversation with jesus before being sent to do missionary work we we, t- we covered this story earlier in the week uh the demoniac or demoniacs because it depends which account you read there was one or there was two obviously one of them was the leader and uh, one conversation with jesus mm-hmm. and he just sends them out
1: yeah and they're powerful and they
0: just go and share their testimony
1: Yep, and then when Jesus comes back, the entire village—the whole region—yes,
0: the whole region is like yes. Yes, you know it's, it's 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 a crazy story because you've got, um, yeah, you've got the, the first they're like no go away go away so he goes away, and 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 the demoniacs like I want to come with you. Yeah, he's like no you can't you got to stay here.
1: Yeah, and then think about this—he literally plants the seeds that Jesus himself harvest. Yes. I mean, think about that. That's incredible that Jesus harvests the seeds planted by a former demoniac.
0: It just goes to show the incredible privilege is to be a servant of God. Yes. Because God does amazing things with what we do.
1: It doesn't matter your background or where you've come. It matters what you choose now.
0: Yeah. That's what
1: it comes down to. What you choose this minute and today is what gives you where you have any hope.
0: It certainly does. Let's go back to verse 24 here, and let's look at Festus' reaction. So Paul has shared his personal testimony, and how does Festus react? We're going to look at Festus' reaction. We're going to look at Agrippa's reaction. How does Festus react?
1: Festus thinks he's mad. He thinks he's studied too much for some reason. So Festus
0: is your typical skeptical secular Roman. Yeah. Now, what is interesting is that Festus recognizes that he is listening to the words of a very, very well-educated individual. You know, yeah. he's not dealing with a lightweight here. And so this is, this is obviously challenging for Festus because you've got somebody, you know, it's not somebody who's just sort of grown up in uh, you know, a low, so- low socioeconomic environment and doesn't have a whole lot of education and is super superstitious. And, and when you had, it's important to understand this about the ancient world. In the ancient world, the level of superstition and religiosity often varied according to your socioeconomic status. So the higher you climbed in the socioeconomic ladder, um, the more of the secrets of the mystery religion were revealed to you. So for instance, if you were low on that particular ladder, um, you would be you know, very much into, you know, this god does this, this, the other god does that, we pray to this god for this thing, we, we, we go to that god for something else. And these gods were all personal beings. They were sometimes very bad personal beings. Um, they were very human-like if you were a pagan. And so you had all these different gods that, you know, they'd kill people and they would have affairs and they would have children and all of this kind of thing would be taking place amongst these gods. They were pretty much a, a, a bunch of just slightly more powerful humans um, who were mythical. And uh, as you progressed through the mystery religion and as you reached the higher levels of the mystery religion, the mystery religions of the past were almost all atheist. So how do you have an atheist religion? Well, basically what it was, was that all of these different gods were a personification of the forces of nature. And so when you're initiated into the higher levels, you weren't actually believing that there was such a thing as a personal God who was out there doing things. You're saying, you know, these are are representatives of the force of nature and nature is the most powerful thing and nature has created everything and we worship nature rather than worshiping the creator of nature. And so Festus, you know, he's high up. There's very, very high likelihood that he is a very secular person. He's like... This has all sent you mad, you, Paul. You've gone nuts. You're an educated person, and I and, and it's obviously, it's obviously, you know, he's struggling with this idea that how can an educated person, who is obviously very high on the rung, actually believe in a personal God and actually believe in a resurrection? Yeah. So his only conclusion is he's gone insane. Agrippa, on the other hand, he is high up, and uh, He responds in a different way because he's under deep conviction. Uh, Read for us the next verse, please.
1: Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian.
0: So that's powerful and sad. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Almost persuaded, but just didn't make it. When you think about that during this next song, we'll be back to talk more about it.
2: Almost persuaded Now to believe Almost persuaded Christ to receive Seems now some soul to say Go, Spirit, go your way. Some more convenient day on the Isle, come, almost persuaded. Come, come. TODAY, ALMOST PERSUADED, TURN NOT AWAY. JESUS INVITES YOU HERE, ANGELS ARE LINGERING NEAR, PRAYERS RISE FROM HEARTS SO DEAR, Undercome Almost Persuaded Harvest is past Almost Persuaded Doom Comes at last Almost Cannot Avail Is but to fail Sad, sad That bitter wail Almost but lost
0: To be one of the most tragic stories anywhere in the Bible. And just listening to Tennessee Ernie Ford right then singing Almost Persuaded, it just really, really impacts my heart, my mind every time. The tragedy of somebody who came so close to salvation and missed out. And I just want to say if you're listening today and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, And you sense the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's not coming from me. It's not coming from Angela. It's not coming from anyone here on the team. That's coming to you from God. Mm. And what are you going to do about the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now? Are you going to be almost persuaded and come so close Or are you going to embrace Jesus Christ and really experience the power of God in your life? Because you can do that right now. And so if you're listening right now and you're listening to this story and you're listening to the story of Agrippa and you are convicted and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, give your life to Jesus now. You might be wondering how. It's like, well, maybe how do I give my life to Jesus Christ? I have no idea how to give my life to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, it's really simple.
1: And just talk to him.
0: Just talk. just talk to him. Yep. Yep. And just say to Jesus, I want to give my life to yep. you. And then go and look down, look up some other Christians. Give us a call here on Faith FM. We know 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or text us on 0491-064-669. Um, we'd be happy to help you out. It's important to surround yourself with other Christians, people that can support you and guide you in your Christian journey. But the first step is Is giving your life to Jesus Christ, and you can do that. You don't have to wait until the end of the breakfast show. We will forgive you if you (laughs) if you shut off the breakfast show just this once (laughs) to have a conversation with Jesus Christ. Yeah, Uh, yeah. This it will be the single most important decision that you ever made.
1: Yeah, just tell them how you feel.
0: That's what Paul did on the Damascus Road, and. it changed his life and 2,000 years later, we're talking about Paul. Yeah. Because of the power of the influence of, that he had as a result of his decision.
1: And millions look up to
0: Paul. Every single one of us here in the studio has a testimony of us giving our lives to Jesus Christ and the impact that it has had on our lives and we can all testify to what God can do in your life. So, yeah. Just make that decision. Make Amen. it right now. Don't hold back.
1: I feel excitement. <laughs> I'm sure the angels are rejoicing Yeah, as people are talking to Jesus. Even those of us who have committed to him already this morning, do it again. Just, just talk to him. He longs to just hear you talk to him.
0: And that's a really great segue into what I want mm-hmm. to talk about next. Um, and, and I'm almost... We're supposed to do another clue for the quiz and we're going to have to because nobody's got it yet. But I'm almost loathe to because I don't want to distract from the appeal that the Word of God has made this morning. You know, sometimes I make an appeal here on Faith FM but, you know, this is the Bible making an appeal. We've had an appeal from the Word of God. We've had an appeal that Paul has made. We've had an appeal in Psalm. Um, And I don't want to distract from that. The most important thing right now is not winning the quiz um, at the, you know, winning, winning the prize that we're going to, a, a box of wheat picks. <laughs> That's most nothing
1: compared to eternal life.
0: Most important thing to win right now mm. is eternal life. Yes. So make that decision for Jesus Christ and do that right now. Um,
1: well, you know, I picked a clue. Yes. Um, Because maybe the Lord knew why I chose three cards. Maybe it wasn't just to be vindictive towards you. Maybe it was because then I'd have an option to then, you know, connect with what we're talking about to a degree. So what
0: you're saying is that the Holy Spirit had a role in your vindictiveness. (laughs) 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 No, let's... uh... Um, Hey, the
1: the God works in so many mysterious ways to reach our heart. That's what's so incredible is he's actively seeking after each one of us. So this clue is the number of days that Saul, Paul, was blind after encountering the Lord on his way to Damascus. So how many days did Paul struggle after he was faced with the Lord? How many days did he sit there and say, Lord, I've messed up? Yeah. What do I do? It's hopeless. I am such a mess. How could you ever take me back? I mean, he's haunted with the children, with the the woman, the old people that he had taken off, carried off to jail to not a great death. And he's haunted by these. And so he struggles. For how long does he struggle before somebody comes and touches him?
0: An amazing story. And can you imagine being the person who goes to, uh, you know, Ananias, who goes to Paul and and heals, Mm -hmm. you know, the greatest persecutor of Christianity? Yep. Uh, It's just a a powerful part of that story. But yeah, how many days? Okay, so that's a really good clue right there if you know how many days Paul was blind for. Then do give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669.
1: And have courage because if God can reach Paul who's caused horror to thousands, what can Jesus do with your life to turn around it?
0: Absolutely. Something that I want to draw out of this Bible study that we've been working our way through is how effective would Paul's testimony have been if it was just a one-off event? And and the reason I'm asking that question is that when Paul stands before you know Festus and Agrippa, um, this he is standing there because he has lived a life as a servant of Jesus Christ. His conversion experience was not a one-off event. It was not one of those kind of events where. Um, you know, maybe he heard an altar call, or something or other, gave his life to Jesus Christ. Okay, done that, tick that box. Now get on with my life. His experience was he gave his life to Jesus Christ, and now Jesus Christ got on with his life because Jesus Christ was in charge of his life. Yeah, I come across some people who, when I ask them whether they're a Christian, they're like, "Yes, they're absolutely. I'm a Christian." But they don't practice a Christian lifestyle, and they're like, "Yeah, I, mean, I gave my life to God. I got saved. You know, when I was uh, fifteen years old or something." Yeah, once saved, always saved. One saved, always saved. What a tragedy, right there. Look oh, the you're missing out. Yeah, that's right.
1: To, to 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 be like, oh, I have the gift, but I'm not going to live the gift. Uh huh. All of his, all of his rules, if you want to look at it that way, are all like power giving, life giving. Each yes. one of his quote unquote restrictions are actually like, um, there's something better. <laughs>
0: absolutely
1: don't drink why because you're going to have more senses you're going to be able to remember your life if you don't choose to drink it away i mean there's in each one it's like treat others with kindness oh yeah then i get kindness back
0: (laughs) it's kind of like a no-brainer isn't it really yeah uh particularly when you look at you know the joy that christians experience and uh, it's just like wow you know why would you give your life to jesus christ and go okay i've ticked that box Um, I've secured my place in heaven, so now I will go on and live a secular life. Okay, first of all, that's not how salvation works. Uh, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Uh, Galatians 2 and verse 20. Angela, could you read that for us? I have
1: been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith And the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me.
0: Was this a one-off event? No. Why do you say it's not a one-off event? What is, he, what is he saying in this verse right here that shows that this is not a one-off event that Paul did somewhere back in his past history, but this is actually his life?
1: Because he says, and the life which now I live in the flesh, I live by faith.
0: Okay, so Paul is living a life of faith. Mm-hmm. He just he hasn't just had an experience of faith. He is living a life of faith of faith Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because he says you know i'm crucified with christ and that sort of indicates a one-off event you know you die once and then you're dead but then he's alive again and why is he alive again because he also says i die daily